your hair is your crown of glory and your skin is the armor that you wear when you go out into the world. So seeing my my son confident, you know, especially the, the child they said wasn't going to live, you know, to see another day that uh, he has autism, he's not going to be great. But for him to see him go out there and be a businessman <laughs> and try to come up with concepts or ideas or recommendations, it just lights my heart. And it just puts a, another fire underneath my butt. You can't tell me. <laughs> There's nothing that I can't do. Welcome back to Unknown and Talented. My name is Jalon Abrams. Today I have a special guest. Her name is Liz. She's the creator and founder of Tiny Human Skin. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So I have a bunch of questions. I did a bunch of research, but I just want you to be able to introduce yourself to the audience first. So any, anything you want to talk about, you just introduce yourself. All right. Well, hello, beautiful people. My name is Liz Love. I'm the CEO and founder of Tiny Human Skin Care and Simply Liz Love. I'm a military officer who transitioned into, honestly, makeup. And in the midst of the pandemic, I saw that my son was struggling severely with uh, eczema and masne so bad that I decided to kind of develop and create my own solution. Henceforth, Tiny Human Skin Care came into fruition and We've been going now for two years strong. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, well that, that's good. I, I do love it. Um, I know you have you have another business as well, other than Tiny Human Skin. Right. Simply Liz Love is honestly a blog that I created to document my transition out of the military into this realm of beauty. It's kind of unorthodox for a military officer, especially a female, to talk about beauty and skin. And I really struggled so much with that transition and being a mom it's like how do you how do you do this and still feel beautiful in the process so i started it and launched a blog to document my journey and uh, i also provided services as well okay so talk more about that about being in the military and then transition to be i know you said it was a struggle but talk more about like actually getting out that box and actually doing it honestly it came out of a necessity i honestly booked a photographer to do some work for me and my family and she loved my makeup she said who did your makeup and I was like well I did it she's like well I would love to hire you honestly full-time to kind of do makeup for some of my clients so literally I came out of the box with uh, a wealth of clients and this young lady really just put me on game like what programs and services that were available for military spouses to really get your career up and going so I started off with makeup and I did that for a while. And then I decided to take a makeup a little bit further with becoming a licensed esthetician. And then once I became licensed, it, the ground just hit the, I just hit the ground running with like the limitless possibilities of honestly what I could do in the realm of beauty. Okay. So how did you, how did you get your start from learning how to do makeup then? Kind of a lot of women struggle, like the one you talked to <laughs> struggle. How'd you get that start? Well, I attended an HBCU. Okay, first and foremost. Okay. Well, well, which which one? Which one? Uh, the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. I was actually the 80th Miss University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. So makeup was just a thing that I really had to learn how to do. And being a deeply melanated woman, it was really hard to find things that match my shade. So literally, I'm buying three or four products to probably mix a concealer and get that to match my complexion or a foundation Makeup has been is so much more advanced than what it was 20, 30 years ago in, in comparison to what it is now. So it was a lot of you in the kitchen and mixing and making the things that you initially wanted. So when it came time for me to like create a product, I've literally been doing it all these years with makeup and with all the different clients based on their skincare needs. Like with me becoming a licensed esthetician, I was better able to tailor makeup for their skin type because what you do for dry skin and oily skin will be two different 
type of prepping situation. So I kind of just fell in love with the science of it, honestly. <laughs> okay. So, so pretty much you took that into making this product for your son. Cause like learning so much about skin types, you said oily, dry skins that helped you create tiny human skin. Absolutely. Like in the midst of the pandemic, my son had masked me so bad. I realized that there aren't any products that were spa quality for children. It's really just total body whenever it came to anything with children and what they put on their bodies. And the formulations were honestly so damaging. And when I uh, went through the Target uh, Building Better Products program, I met with the EPA and all of the, uh, a lot of the certification of the different systems that they use for certifying their products as clean to kind of really help me develop my formulation. I realized that this is really a, a need out there in the world because people don't know that there are chemicals and toxins out there that could genetically alter and child and change a child's development from just from topically applying it on the skin. And I wanted to kind of be that bridge of education for the consumers. Really? And how so? Because I was not familiar with that at all. You said certain things could change. Cha Say it again. I'm sorry. Yeah, go so there are chemicals, there are some chemicals and toxins that are out in the, with, that are in chemical formulations that could genetically alter a child's development, you know, as they get older, those first initial years of your development of your body and your brain are so quintessential. And if it's genetically modified or changed, you know, at any point in time, it could be life changing for children. So I don't know if you've seen like an uptick in uh, autism and all of these respiratory issues and things like that within children. A lot of it is because of environmental issues. Mm, wow. Okay. Okay. Wow. Cause I, I did a little bit like me, I dealt with eczema growing up, still deal with eczema now, deal with um, acne growing up. I'm better at it now, but I was like doing research on that and finding out that a lot of the products they have are not good for our skin because like they're good for you know, everybody else's skin but not really our skin did you really dive deep in, into that as well when creating tiny human skin absolutely people of color are twice as likely to have chemicals and toxins within the formulation in comparison to other brands that are out there on the market and a lot of it has to deal with access like the the price point and to get into getting some of the higher end qualities are so astronomically like unrealistic to even ask for for starting a product we're kind of pigeon-toed into situations where we'll have to choose the lesser, you know, of all the evils and the lesser of all the evils. They probably haven't went through the appropriate certifications to be certified clean. So it's really, really important that people read their labels and also verify the sources of which people are getting these products from. And I'm just so happy that there's a new wave of clean beauty that's forcing that and endorsing that because America has some of the loosest laws when it comes to regulating children's products specifically. Wow, wow. So even if like say a product says for babies, is that still something that's for babies or probably not? It, it may or may not be. <laughs> in in, oh, in wow. some cases it's not. A lot of the products that are out there on the market are not safe for babies. We, we, we clearly see Johnson & Johnson and their ongoing issues that they're having with their powder, the baby powders and lotions and how it's causing cancer, you know, and so many people, it, it honestly, like a lot of the, the claims that go out there for the FDA, a child can't, can't necessarily file a complaint with the FDA, it's typically a parent. And in the first two years of being a parent, you're so busy just trying to figure out life, who has time to really sit out and file a complaint with the FDA and go through this process that takes a year and a half. Or to let the world know that there's an issue. You know, if, when you're a parent, you're just going to transition over to the next product that works. So I am just here 
you know, to be a conduit, you know, of this information and share it because it's it's something that is harming us as people, especially black people. Because even with these toxins and chemicals, after you rinse them off the body, they end up in our water, they end up in our land, they end up in our food sources. It results in cheaper property value in a lot of these areas in which people are living. So it's like a systemic issue that the government has certified as a pandemic that no one's paying attention to. Hmm. No, that's that's steep. I definitely know they started doing they're going to start doing like farm, not farm chicken. What is it like lab grown chickens? I know they don't really care about what they feed in us. It's it's going to be crazy. It's, it's crazy. And it's, and it's insane. So if it's like that with the food, imagine what it's like with the products. It's, it's far worse. It's, there's so many unnecessary chemicals and toxins and dyes that are in the food that we're eating. It's even worse from the products that we're using because people just think if I can't read the name. Oh, it's okay. No, you need to Google everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't read anything. Half of the stuff I'm buying, I'm like, what is this? But it's definitely it's definitely crazy out here. But I want to talk more about actually creating this product for your son. So not like not when you sold it. So he was dealing with you didn't say eczema, you said it was something else. Well, my son does have a, a ma uh, eczema, but the maskne is really where it got really bad. But because of course with eczema heat just triggers the flare-ups. And it was like him wearing a microwave on his face for eight hours a day. So he does have have autism. And at that point in time, in the midst of the pandemic, he was having speech therapy, occupational therapy, ABA therapy. And it was eight hours a day, four to five days a week when, when we finally figured out the therapy to really get him on the right track. And it was difficult to watch him just scratching on his face. He's three or four years old. He's just like, I know I, I like this place because it's helping me be better, but also this is killing my face. So at that point in time, I realized we really need to develop a skincare regimen. Like skincare is real lifestyle. Let's start helping him learn those healthy habits as a child. And with me being a licensed esthetician, I did have access to some higher grade forms of products, which did help. But sometimes some of the formulations, even though they were simple, was too harsh. Like it would be like a, a tingling sensation sometimes with some of the formulations. So I do have a little bit of a background in biology <laughs> so uh, and chemistry. So I was like, I'm going to I'm going to tinker around and, and see what I can do with it. So honestly, I partnered with the chemist and we started on the basis of the formulation. And after I got the basis of the formulation right, I started to shop around and take it to different manufacturers to see if, if they would be willing to adhere to my guidelines. I went as far as Costa Rica, honestly, to go and research and try to find different companies and manufacturing facilities to see how uh, distribution would go, to see how formulation would go from beginning to end. I, because I really wanted 100% ownership. And I kept coming across companies that just wanted to white label it, just put my name on it, or tell me what ingredients I could or couldn't have in it. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not what's happening here. So it took honestly about two years to find someone to to really make what I want, and um, it, it was a black woman honestly that did it for me. Wow! <laughs> no, that's that's a, that's amazing. So I want I, I want to stuck back into actually creating the product. So I know you said you found a chemist, and then you had to go. So so did it take you the two years to actually go to Costa Rica and go to all these different places to get that product made, or just find the person that can make it for you? Because I know like the chemist had all the ingredients and everything. Right. Honestly, I went to went through about four or five different iterations of making it. 
Um, and at each level, I, I met a different chemist or a different facility or a different thing. And I, like I, I had what I what what I made it in house. I knew exactly what that was like. Can this be duplicated and can it be replicated without my hands touching it? Is honestly what I was looking for. So I was looking for a factory to make what I had, and it was difficult <laughs> trying to get the cycle times right. You know, for the different portions and parts of the ingredients, and. I was literally just shopping around, going from place to place to place. I probably went through six different manufacturers before I found the one that I have today. Wow. So so, so explain that process, because I'm thinking, like, when I'm thinking of somebody making it, I'm just like, you know, you email them, do this and bring it back. But you said you actually went to Costa Rica and, like, was watching them. Like, how, how was that experience? Oh, it was it was incredible, honestly. At that point in time, I'm like, I'm re I think I'm reaching boss level. You know what I want, where I'm like literally going to all these different factories, walking around, they're giving me tours of what their process looks like. Because for me, I didn't want to just say I'm a clean product and, and that's it. I want to make sure that it was adhering strictly to my guidelines for cleanliness from sourcing in Costa Rica. So it's, it's a, a, rain, a, a beautiful place. It's a, a, a internationally protected rainforest there. So like, I just loved how they practiced, um, formulation if you will it was more so of like a you know a herbal based type of you know chemistry in comparison to like a chemical base which is really what I, I wanted I wanted it to be as natural as possible so it was a it was a refreshing experience it, it felt good to to have the language to go back and forth and talk about each part of the process from the formulation to large-scale manufacturing to logistics and distribution and how that would look like and really managing it all out. It, it really gave me time to like get the business right, if you will. So I, I wanted everything to be right first because it is an investment <laughs> that you're making to do a lot of this stuff. So it was really important for me to like the person that I was doing business with, not just accept the fact that this is going to be the person that is going to be, that's going to handle this portion of my business. Mm -hmm. And then what is your relationship now that once the product is pretty much made and you're like selling it, do you still have to like communicate with them or is it just like a, just order it and they, they deliver it? Well, it's just order and, and delivery. Like if there's a modification or something like that, that I will want to make to the formulation, I, I will pretty much talk to the chemist. And of course, with anything, there's a testing period that you have to go through with each and every change that you make. There's a documentation process that has to go along with that because this is still something that you're giving to people. And I want to make sure that I'm doing everything within my power to document everything and to make sure it's as natural and as clean as possible. So it's a process. You know, it's not just, oh, you add this. Well, it's not for me. It's my process. Now, how other people handle their business, it may be different. But how I choose to, to do things is work with the chemist do a testing period uh, for just myself, then do a testing period with a small population of people. And then from there, it'll be prepared for sale. Okay. All right. So, so are you always an entrepreneur? I know you said you was in the military and then, you know, you started off just because she wanted, you know, the lady wanted makeup, but were you always have like entrepreneurial spirit? No, honestly, my goal is to go on and be like an army general. I really wanted to be like a, a really cool army general that did things in military intelligence and science. I was just really obsessed with um, how our government did things and the world. So I had no idea that I would be an entrepreneur. Honestly, the birth of my child kind of forced me into becoming an entrepreneur because he needed me so much. On the day that he was born, he needed brain surgery. 
like literally on the day he was born, even before he was born, we had a whole bunch of infertility issues. So I chose motherhood. I chose to be a mom and motherhood is what kind of pushed me into entrepreneurship because I wanted to be there for every and anything happening in his life. Okay. Um, so speak on, on trying to balance being a mother and now being an entrepreneur, because I know that being an entrepreneur is tough. I know me trying to do things every single day. I'm talking to people daily about the struggle. How is that balance in being a mother and also running a business? I think the biggest thing is that you have to realize that things happen in seasons. You know, like sometimes we may be mad at God, like, why, why is this season slower than others? Or why is this season faster than others? And I have to remember that it's not just me that's a part of this equation. I have a husband, you know, he deserves my time. I have a child and he deserves my time. And, you know, it wasn't healthy in the very beginning parts of me running my business, being so aggressive about my goals. I didn't make time for the things and even myself, which was important. So the biggest lesson that I had to learn is that there are seasons. And in those seasons, it's so important to still keep my priorities the priority. Like it may feel like some things are urgent, but always tackle God, family, you, business. (laughs) That's literally the order that it should go into. I know a lot of times we try to make business go before all those things. Like I only have a set period of time in which I do things every day. And I, it's up to me to respect that time and, and to get the things done. So that's how I've been trying to, I've been balancing it over time. Perfect. I, I love that. I love that because the business, a lot of, like you said, a lot of people will try to put that business before everything else and then everything else is falling apart. And then if you have a successful business with nothing else, you don't have anything. So. Right. And then I also think too, like people try to force their business to work in quarters and that's not how business is supposed to be ran. In my opinion, you think about the infinite, you know, like I know I have these goals and things that I want to hit in these quarters, but in the long term, I always like to look at what do I want this business to be? Where do I want this to end up at? And if this season things didn't work, okay, that doesn't mean it won't work in the next season. So just remembering that it is an infinite that I'm planning for and not this quarter. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I love that. It's definitely looking at that, that bigger picture. Um, so, so now we went from already having the product, having the product created, now going to sell it because that's a whole nother thing. You know, you're, you're a boss already going to Costa Rica and going to these places. But now what does that look like to actually go and sell this product? So that is honestly where I am at this current phase is that the selling phase of really building this product. I know for me, I really want to like focus on the notoriety of it. So I was very intentional about the places that I went and sold the product at. I knew I didn't have the bandwidth to to, to manage online sales completely 110% at the range in which I wanted it to work at. So I'm kind of honestly testing out the markets. Do I want a third-party logistics company to manage it? Do I want to just have seasonal orders? Do I want to just continue to do uh, the large expos and experiences, which has honestly been my focus at this year because I want to build a relationship with my customer. So I told myself this year, I'm going to focus on markets. I'm going to focus on expos. I'm going to focus on things that really do align with my brand. And I feel like it's been the best thing possible for me to do. I host a lot of small sip and sees in different cities, like different pop-ups, if you will. We've been in Washington, D.C. We've been in Raleigh. Uh, We've done some things in Memphis. So we travel around a lot to really just kind of really build up the buzz around the brand. Okay, so what is sip and see? I've never heard of that. So a sip and see, a lot of times, like babies, when when people have children, 
They'll have like a sip and see where you can come over. You can have a cocktail. You can come and see the baby. And okay. you can just mix and mingle with people. So I kind of did the same exact thing with Tiny Human. I had a sip and see. So I invited people to come. I had cocktails. I had libations. There are activities for kids and their mother, you know, to kind of come and have fun. And we learn about skincare together. Mm-hmm. That was a really okay. experience. So, so at the, these events, are you just selling your products? Or are you just pretty much like teaching them? more about you know the the um the me- not the message what am i looking for more of the i can't i'm stuck on the words but like, like brand a, awareness kind of, yeah yeah but brand awareness of actually the importance of having because like you're, you're teaching me a lot today i didn't know how how much like products can affect you know definitely children so is that what you're more doing like teaching absolutely at these events? the sip and sees, there are a teaching experience of course i i do gift uh, some of my product to some people, but it's also a, a wonderful selling opportunity. Uh, a lot of the women that do come to these events are prominent business women who who own their own establishments and things like that. So it's a wonderful networking opportunity. It's a wonderful opportunity to come and learn more about the brand and absolutely the importance of how to care for melanated skin because it's different in comparison to all the products that are out there on the market. I love what has happened in the past 20 years with beauty and, and skincare and how inclusive it is, but melanated skin just needs something different. <laughs> Got it. I agree. I agree. So you said you go into like a lot of expos because we actually met at Invest Fest. So talk about that experience of going to those big, big events where you're meeting, you know, thousands of people in a day. Yeah, for sure. Those type of events are honestly... It, it ignites the fire again because these are the these are the same exact people that are just like me, honestly. We may be a different industry or a different lane, but they believe that much in themselves that they're willing to make the investment. They're willing to, to make that leap of faith and that, and that kind of jump. And I just want to be around dreamers all the time. <laughs> That's like the kind of energy and the kind of vibe that I, I thrive in, that I love. And it really helps me to continue to fight and to continue to be the entrepreneur, entrepreneur that I am. I tried the online sales thing. I tried the ads thing, but I feel like expos are the perfect way to like not only network with people, but really get to get to talk one-on-one with people about your brand and honestly what inspired it. The expo for me was amazing. I met people who wanted to intern for the company. I met a lot of people who um, were journalists who wrote for different publications. I met you. Uh, it was a wonderful experience for me overall. On the back office side, there are definitely some things that could be improved and changed. But overall, you know, InvestFest definitely met the intention of just bringing the awareness to our demographic of people about the importance of being good money managers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, so what is one thing that you learned there from the other vendors or people that, that came up to you? Because one thing that I learned is that I have to be more bold and outspoken because I'm more of like an introvert trying to be by myself. But this event, all these people, like I had to go up to you to talk to you to introduce myself. So I had to go out, introduce myself to everybody. And that pretty much, I learned that, I learned about your network, like how important it is the people that you have in your network. So but what is something that you learned at this event from, not even from, from the vendors, from the people, just in general? Yes, the importance of investing in your customer experience. Like I, I, I didn't have the booth that I had originally selected, so I wasn't able to provide the full customer experience to really bring people in. Uh, that is the probably the biggest takeaway that I had because they had some crazy setups, you know, at the expo. It's literally like 
parades of people coming through. It's like TV, like people had moving backpacks and the billboards. It was crazy with the amount of marketing that I saw. So I definitely walked away with a lot of PR marketing and a much more bigger, broader emphasis on the customer experience for sure. Okay, that's good. That's good. And um, speak about actually, because I actually looked a little bit on your story that you you actually do some of these events with your son. So speak about that of having a product not just to help your son, but also be able to, to do it with him. For sure, it's so cool to see him just excited about his skin. I feel like that's just one of the things that um, just isn't talked about often. I think Josie TV has this song called "I Love My Melanin." And he literally loves it. It's like a, a, a black man on there just talking about how much he loves his melanin and his skin. And I just firmly believe that, you know, your hair is your crown of glory and, and your skin is the armor that you wear when you go out into the world. So seeing my my son confident, you know, especially the, the child that they said wasn't going to live, you know, to see another day that oh, he has autism, he's not going to be great. But for him to see him go out there and be a businessman... <laughs> <laughs> and try to come up with concepts or ideas or recommendations. It just lights my heart and it just puts a, another fire underneath my butt. That you can't tell me <laughs> there's nothing that I can't do. You know, my son is still here. Um, he, he's making boss decisions like he has incredible examples of what it means to continue fighting on. So it's like a vicious, infinite cycle of I cannot give up. I cannot quit. Yeah, yeah, I love it. That's like that definitely has to be amazing. Just like I said, you're actually creating it with for him, for him to do it. Like that's definitely amazing to mm -hmm. see. Um, but um, so just just my la last question. So, create creating this this product, and you know, actually, it, well, I'm all messed up. Creating this product and more like educating everybody. Well, what do you what do you see as next for you? Because like we went from creating it, we went from creating it, went from selling. But what do you think is like your next? Thing. It doesn't have to be something you're doing now, but like just envision what you're going to do next with this product. Then the, I, the next thing is stores. It's national distribution. We went through all these trials and these tribulations to really honestly learn it from the ground up. That way we can own 100% of the process from beginning to end. So it's large scale distribution nationally, hopefully internationally. In the next five years is definitely my goal. But large scale distribution is definitely what's up next for us. I love it. And definitely internationally, because you, you're going to go there. If they got to say, come to Costa Rica, you're going to come and get, get, get it on the shelves. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Like, that was why I have to do, do the due diligence in the front. I want to make sure it passed whatever standard of beauty internationally. Like, I know America has its laws and its rules, but I want to know what does clean beauty look like internationally. And knowing that up front really helped prepare me so that I can make that jump today if I, if I needed to, if I got the opportunity. I just want to be prepared. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. I love it. And I do appreciate you coming on the show. Do you have one last motivation gem that you want to share with the audience? Oh, wow. Just because it's starting off ugly don't mean it's not going to end beautifully. Literally. like I love it. The most, I'm trying to tell you, like I, I literally just opened my business three months and then COVID happened. I literally like all these years, I, I've, I've literally been vlogging for years, talking about my transition, getting into this space. Here I am ready. I have my own spa and COVID happens. It forced the doors of my, of, of my business to close and almost sent me to a depression. <laughs> I 
Like if I'm just going to be honest, like he worked so hard for all these things. And then it was just another door, another window that got open and was just saying, you're, you're thinking too small. You're thinking services. It could be this and services and this and that. I didn't know all the ands that God had for me. So don't let the beautiful, you know, mess what looks tragic to you. It may not be tragic. Tragic. It could really just be a beautiful mess. You may have to sweat through a little bit of it, but everything you're going to use, it's going, it's going, everything you're going to, everything that happened to you, you're going to use again in your life. You're going to be so grateful that it happened then and not now. I love it. That was amazing. That was definitely amazing. Um, so the last thing, just share all your socials, your websites, uh, where to find you, how to contact you, all of that. Yes, for sure. So, well, you can definitely find Tiny Human Skin Care at Tiny Human Skin on every social media platform. That's LinkedIn, that's Instagram, that's Facebook, that's TikTok. And the same for myself, Simply Liz Love, uh, simplelizlove.com and at Simple Liz Love on every social media platform, Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I talk back. That's <laughs> the best way for me to to honestly, uh, the best way to get my attention is to either slide me a DM or preferably an email. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Liz. I definitely appreciate it. I enjoyed this. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Making sure I'm going to read those labels and I'm not going to just be bothered. For sure. For sure. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, I'll chat with you later. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right. Well, thanks a lot for listening, guys. My name is Jalon Abrams. Liz Love. We'll see you next week. <laughs>